Andino Andina, the story continues. Once more aware of the here and now, I sat quiet, shivered. I felt hot and cold at the same time. Fear crawled up and down my spine. I wondered if I'd said too much. You and your mouth, I chided myself. Once you get going, you just forget to shut up. Now she'll hate you. She'll hate you because you don't like babies or kids. And that's not acceptable to a lot of people. You stupid cow. Gobbing off like that, now you lost a friend. Well done, Jack. Well played. The shivers were getting worse, and soon I was trembling uncontrollably. It wasn't just from the cold, though it was getting pretty chilly now the sun had dropped a bit. It was fear. I said nothing. Did nothing. Just waited for what felt like an eternity. Tried to stop my hands shaking, or at least make it less obvious. Wow, Anna said. She threw her hands around my neck. It's okay. I started crying. Hey, Jackie, it's okay. It really is. It's fine. You're okay. I was so scared when you didn't say anything for such a long time, I sobbed. I thought I'd screwed up everything already. I've never met anyone who gets this about me before. They just say they do. Can I never hear from them again? Anna was gently rocking us backwards and forwards. I took a deep quivering breath, then another. The tears subsided, then the trembling. I'm so used to being rejected or attacked for how I feel, even though it's something I cannot change. Heaven knows I would if I could. It would make life a darn sight easier, and I'd feel a lot less like a changeling. Or an alien. I blew my nose in a tissue I found in my pocket. Crisis over. Good. Let's go home. I'm getting cold, Anna said, and grabbed my hand. For me, it's not really that I dislike kids. I don't. I just don't want any. There are so many other things I want to do that having children doesn't even register on my radar, and I don't think that's going to change. I've never been interested in having any of my own. I'm not even curious, and I'm curious about a lot of things that will take me a few lifetimes to check out. She flashed a smile. I waited for her to continue. I felt all talked out. We walked in silence for a while. Do you and Tonio ever argue? Well, sometimes. Me and Felipe never argued, Anna said in a sad voice. Who is this mysterious Felipe? I don't think I've met him, have I? I vaguely remembered Risha mentioning the name, but with no more references, I just kept it on file somewhere in the back of my mind. A virtual folder with a name, but nothing in it. Maybe it was a different Felipe. How common a name was it here? For a brief moment I panicked, and wondered if I put my foot in it by asking about something tragic I ought to have avoided, or perhaps broached in a more delicate manner. Anna looked excited and cagey at the same time. He's my boyfriend. Absent boyfriend. Fiancé, sort of. Hmm, I'd like to say I understand, but... I breathed a quiet sigh of relief. Anna drew a deep breath. Felipe is from the Argentia region. His parents have a ranch there. Well, 
His father died of a heart thingy, and that's why Felipe had to go back and help out. Only that was two years ago, and three months. Almost four, she added quietly. I didn't know what to say. He said he's coming back for me, and I believe him. There was a note of defensiveness in Anna's voice. Okay. Oh, classic. I kicked myself mentally. Jack, you don't know the first thing about the guy or the culture he grew up in. Suspend judgment for a while, why don't you? Felipe said he was coming back, but it's been more than two years, and everyone's telling me to forget about him and move on. Hmm, I said. I was finding it difficult to distance myself from my own judgmental shadows, so I said nothing. He doesn't want to work and live on the ranch. That's why he left and went to university in Lacha to study engineering. That's where we met. I was doing a teaching course and he was in my English class. We were going to travel together after he graduated. I was too inexperienced to find a teaching job in Lacha when my course finished, but my father had some contacts and got me the position here, and I agreed to come back. It was only going to be for a year until Felipe completed his studies. And then his father died and he sort of got stuck. What kind of ranch? Horses. They grow horses. <laughs> I snorted with laughter. Breed horses, you mean? Breed? Breed. Breed horses. Okay, they breed horses. Good business? Apparently so. I wondered why Anna had not been to see him, or he to see her, but it didn't feel right to ask. As if she heard my unspoken question, Anna said, It's complicated. We decided I would save whatever I earned this year and go back to Lacha for his graduation, and we'd go from there. Then that didn't happen. I don't have his address in Argentia. There was no need for it at the time, you know. He wrote to me thrice, but the only time he remembered to write a return address on the back, he was too smudged to read. I wrote to his friends and mine in Lacha, but they had not heard from him either, so I don't know what more to do. I can't go combing through the whole region. I thought of going to Lacha and tried to convince the university administration to share his parents' address with me, but I've sort of just put it off and put it off. I'm a bit superstitious, I guess. As long as I don't go looking for him, everything will be all right in the end. And if I do, I can't shake the feeling of desperation sneaking up on me. If I trust him, and I do, I really do, things will work out. And if I let that trust be shaken, like the world seems to want to do, you know? Her voice trailed off. My heart ached. I got that. I remembered I used to try and make that kind of deals with destiny too. Perhaps my faith and intuition were not as strong as Anna's. We were quiet for a while. Felipe wants to build a new kind of vehicle. Oh, yeah. A terrainer, he calls it, where all the four wheels work independently. A bit like a horse, I suppose. A car with legs. That's like a transformer. I joked to ease some of the tension. No, no, no. <laughs> Anna laughed. No legs. I've seen his drawings. What's wrong with the quad bikes? Do you have those here? Nothing wrong with them, but they are not powerful enough to climb different terrain. Not very good on these kind of dirt roads, and there are a lot of those in the mountains. Hmm. He thought for a while about cabina trains up and over the mountains, but it's not viable enough, or at least not as a first big project. Not by an untried engineer. 
I nodded. I had no idea what a cabina train was. It would be too big of an undertaking, and convincing others it would be investable and worth doing. Investable? That's a good word. How would you say it, then? A good investment, perhaps? But that's talking about profit. What do you mean, then? A good idea or a solution that makes a lot of sense for the good of those it will be useful for. Not just about money returns or financial gain. That's a lot of words. And I don't think there is an English word, or at least not one that I'm aware of. Yeah, investable. Makes good sense. Yes. So that's Felipe's dream. What about you? I'm not sure. All I know is I don't want to be a slave like my mother, that's for certain. Quite. What do you think you want to do? I want to learn more languages. I'm intrigued by the way we communicate. I'm fascinated by hieroglyphs and pictograms and petroglyphs. I want to explore how we think and how that has changed and been influenced by culture and in other parts of the world by religion. I want to interview animals and write about it. I laughed. If there was a book, I'd read it for sure. Animals are smart. I want to study how what we include and omit and take for granted has changed since humans started keeping written records, and how communication changes our perspective and perception of others, how different cultures look at the world. Take music, for example. South American music is about nature, honouring the earth we all live on. A lot of pop music is about falling in love, infatuation and lust, but not so much about love or being in love. A lot of Mexican music is about desire and longing, I nodded. Old music was more about devotion to a partner, because you rarely got more than one shot at it. Now it's less poetic and more blatantly about sex. Music and dancing has long been a way to attract a partner, since way back when. Suggestive rhythms, dancing and body language, more than explicitly telling the world what you would like to do to a certain someone. Then there are codices, pictograms and cave paintings and sun paintings and seed paintings, all telling a story in their own way, all with their own pre-coding that is being lost over time, or in some cases has already been lost. Some were made to focus the mind and bring luck before going hunting and relocating, others to keep a memory alive for generations to come. All of this from thousands of years ago, people leaving little notes for those who come after. Isn't it amazing? They never knew those paintings would last until our days, for millennia. They probably couldn't or didn't even think in that kind of linear fashion. I can't imagine anything we will do will survive and amaze people thousands of years into the future. Can you? Not in my wildest dreams can I imagine how they will be, live or think, any more than people so long ago, or where they came from, and their outlook on life and their world. She threw her arms up in the air. I could go on. Clearly, I teased her. I wondered if anyone in the future would ever find and consider what we share on social media equally fascinating. I like it when people have something they're passionate about. Take Tonya, for example. We'd only been together for a little while when I mentioned solar technology to him. He was like a spark to a tinderbox, and he was off and he hasn't really stopped since. It's not that common where you live, then. You could say that. It's getting better, though. No wonder he feels right in his element here, then. Absolutely. Sometimes I wish we could stay. You don't want to stay here. 
Anna said glumly. Well, maybe not forever, but I like the way this is set up, with the free energy, with the growing pods and the food banks. It makes for a totally different mindset and a lot less fear when the basics are taken care of. It takes real determination and drive to achieve a better life or improve where you're at, and when someone tries, it tends to be a bit like a crab bucket. People who are struggling to make ends meet and who can still find it in themselves to care are sick and tired of the way those in governing positions are behaving and feathering their own nests. But they don't know what to do and are instead waiting for some modern-day Robin Hood to come riding to the rescue. I personally don't know anyone who believes politicians these days. People expect to be deceived and lied to. It's like a twisted game trying to second-guess and decode what comes out of their mouths. Get rid of them. Why should they have a free ride if they don't do what they were entrusted to do? Anna said. I wish it was that easy. Well, it should be. I agree. Perhaps the people in governing positions should be, if not afraid, at least respectful of those who put them there, not the other way around. But the current state of affairs have created a kind of stasis of inertia and lassitude, and I can't stand people no longer caring, because they don't think they matter and feel powerless. Or maybe I'm the duped one. If voting really made a difference, it probably would have been made illegal. Wow, Anna said. That would never be tolerated here. Decision-makers in administrative positions are answerable and accountable to the people, and if they are found to misuse that trust, they would have to find something else to do pretty fast. That sounds so wonderfully radical. I suppose, though the upside might be, if you're constantly expected to be lied to, at some point people will start to build their own inner muscle of discernment. I hope it does, but I don't know. I don't understand other humans even half of the time. I don't understand my mother and her traditionalist friends either, and she gave birth to me. It's a strange world. There's a lot I don't understand, and I have to keep reminding myself things can and do change, eventually. Yeah, I said slowly. I try to accept the myriads of ways people choose to explore and express themselves, and that I will never understand everything and everyone, or their motives. But that doesn't mean I don't keep trying. By now, we were almost back in town, and daylight was fading fast. It was also getting a lot colder. I could feel my nose, or rather I couldn't. The earrings felt icy in my ears. We walked on in comfortable silence together. Back outside the log cabin, Anna threw her arms around me once more. I'm so glad I came to see you. I'm glad you did too. Isn't it amazing how we bump into kindred spirits? I've heard that saying, brother from another mother, you can be my sister from another mister. I laughed. <laughs> I like that. Hey sis, do you want to have dinner with us tonight? I told Anna how I feel about kids today, I told Tonio as we were lying in bed. Oh yeah, what did she say? She doesn't want any either. Tonio was quiet. I waited. A minute or so later I heard snoring. Oh well, so much for pillow talk. I wiggled carefully onto my side as to not disturb the cats and stared out into the dark room. 
I felt the comforting purr start somewhere by my knees and smiled, profoundly grateful for my life being so infinitely more interesting than changing nappies and school runs. Two hours and several relaxation and meditation exercises later, sleep was still eluding me. I rolled over on my back and sighed. The restless non-sleeper was one of my quirks I did not like. I was unabashedly jealous of Tonio and others like him who could sleep anywhere and any time. You're awake, I heard Andina in my head. Um, yeah, why? Nothing, just noticed. So are you. Hmm, we don't need to sleep like you do. Oh, Andina was quiet for a few minutes. There is something really sensual about having fur, you know. I can't believe that, I smiled to myself. In the way the wind ruffles it and how it adapts to the temperature. I can't say I have any personal experience with that. You could, you know. Come run with us for a little while. How could I do that? I'm not particularly up on borrowing. That is sending your mind into the body of another being to experience the world through their senses and perspective. With their permission, of course. It's not difficult, and we will help you. Okay. Are you comfortable? Yes. Relaxed? I've been trying to sleep for the last two hours. What do you think? Well, try to relax with a purpose then, and come with me. So I did. Andino Andina is written, read, edited and produced by me. Copyright Liz Rosales 2014 and 2021.